everyone, it's Sarah, and this is another episode of Corn Fed Witch, where we talk about witchy stuff for about 20 or 30 minutes. This is geared towards a beginner, as always, but I I believe that it could be refreshing for advanced practitioners, and I'll be gradually getting into more advanced stuff. So, I'm continuing on with my ritual series of the different elements of ritual um you know from beginning to end and i thought that i did y'all a disservice when i said i wasn't going to discuss the gods and invocations because i well i didn't want to get into too detail but i thought that it, we could have done this without it but i don't think we can so, let's go ahead and get into our material. Um, I'm going to just kind of do a brief introduction. Then I'm going to give you some sample invocations as well as our correspondences and such. Um, once again, I'm referencing Creating Circles and Ceremonies by Oberon Zell Ravenheart and Morning Glory Zell Ravenheart. It's great. Go check it out. Go buy a copy. Support them in everything you do. So... So when you invoke deities, you you kind of want to invoke a deity that's more relevant to what you're doing or petitioning them for or asking or praying or what have you. Some gods are going to be much better at other things than, than other gods. Or if you're just doing like a, ran, a rando ritual, ritual and you're not following any particular tradition, you can go with your patron gods if you have some. I myself, I do a lot of working with Hecate, Diana, and Mars. I, well, I just recently became a priestess of Hecate, and I chose Diana as my patron name, which is my, well, patron goddess. My circle name is Diana, Diana, I'm sorry. I misspelled or mispronounced my own name. How's that for you? And the male god that I usually do workings with is Mars because I'm ruled by Mars as I'm Scorpio. And so he pops up a lot in my life. So I am going to go ahead and go through what invoking is. So there are two ways in which gods and goddesses, spirits, and elemental powers may be brought into our circle. We may call them in from outside, or we may call them out from inside. The first way calling, I'm sorry, calling them in from outside, or we may call them out from inside. The first way calling in is called invoking or invocation, and it's the most common way of inviting their presence. In traditional magical practice, invoking is a term commonly used for inviting a deity or spirit to enter into us so that we speak with its voice and or manifest its attributes to our own person. Conversely, the same term is used to petition or call for help or aid. Morning Glory and I have found it more useful, however, to use these terms in a slightly different manner, which I will explain here. Of course, beings of spirit, beings of spirit are all around us all the time, just like radio waves and TV transmissions. What we're really doing is making ourselves receptive to communion, or contact with them in a particular time and place. This is much like turning on your TV and choosing the channel you want to watch. 
This is done by invocation, similar to our quarter callings in which we address a deity or spirit as we would a friend or relative. In the second person, that is, by saying you, as in we invite you to come, the simplest invocations run something like this. O oh, most gracious, wise, beautiful, power, beloved, etc., name, Lord, lady of attributes, I invite you to enter this circle and join with us in our magic work. Bring us your wisdom, strength, inspiration, courage, etc., and your blessings. Hail and be welcome. And of course, everyone else echoes, hail and be welcome. As the beings of spirit are called, candles may be lit for them on the central altar. Here is an example of how this may come together in practice. Crescent one of the starry skies, flowered one of the fertile plain, flowing one of the ocean sighs, blessed one of the gentle rain. Here are called mist standing stones. Fill us with your mystic light, and waken us your silver waken us to your silver tones. Join us in our sacred rite. Hail and be welcome. Evoking or calling out is done in the first person by saying I, as in Dorian Valenti's lovely charge of the goddess, wherein the priestess, speaking as the goddess, says, I am the beauty of the green earth and the white moon among the stars. Evocations are usually referred to as charges. In the solitary practice of Western ceremonial magic, this is considered a function of invocation rather than in I'm sorry, invocation rather than evocation. See above, and evocation is the term used for summoning a spirit or deity into visible manifestation outside of ourselves. This appearance may be in a triangle, a crystal, a mirror, or even another person. But the term actually means calling out. In our ritual work, which does not include summoning spirits into visible, vis visible appearance, Morning Glory and I have found it important to distinguish calling out from calling in. So we use these terms with this meaning. When we evoke the god or goddess, we call them forth from within our souls. For deep down inside, we are all one with them. Just as we say we, we are one blood with our human parents, so, are, so we are one soul with our divine parents, the goddess and god. And we call them out with evocation. Or when we call them out with evocation, we temporarily give over our human identity to allow the god or goddess to manifest through our body and speak with our voice. True evocation is a very advanced form of calling and should really be done by a priest or priestess who has been adequately trained and prepared. It calls for, for the priestess most often, or the priest rarely, to enter a trance-like state in which they become a vessel to channel the spirit of the deity, allowing the goddess, god, or other spirit to speak through them. There is a very beautiful Wiccan rite for evoking the moon goddess called Drawing Down the Moon. Variations of it are known as far back as ancient Thessaly in the 2nd century, century BCE. It was reported by Roman wizard Lucius Apuleius in his baldy novel The Golden Ass. It is believed to have been derived from its initiation of the mysteries of Isis. So, and it says, I am nature, the universal mother, mistress of all the elements, primordial child of time, sovereign of all things spiritual, queen of the dead, queen also of the immortals, the single manifestation of God, of all gods and goddesses that are. My nod governs, governs the shining heights of heaven, the wholesome sea breezes, the lamentable silences of the world below. 
though I am worshipped in many aspects, known by countless names, am propitiated with all manner of divine right, different rights, yet the whole round earth venerates me. The primeval Phrygians call me, I think I mispronounced that, they call me Pesenatica, mother of the gods, the Athenians spring, sprung from their own soil, call me Cercropian Artemis, for the islanders of Cyprus I am Pathian Aphrodite, for the archers of Crete I am Dictian, Dictina, for the trilingual Sicilians Stygian Persephone, and for the Eleusinians, their ancient mother of corn. Some know me as Juno, some as Bologna of the Battles, others as Hecate, others again as Romnubia, but both this is a mouthful. But both races of Ethiopians who land, whose lands the morning sun first shines upon, and the Egyptians who excel in ancient learning and worship me with the ceremonies proper to my godhead, call me by my true name, namely Queen Isis. I'm gonna take a drink here. A comparable evocation of the Hindu god Krishna is found in the Bhagavad Gita. I am the soul dwelling in the heart of everything. I am beginning, the middle, and the end. Of the Adityas, I am Vishnu. Of the lights, I am the sun. Among the stars, I am the moon. Of the Vedas, I am the Sama. Of the senses, I am the mind. And the living beings, I am the intellect. Of the Rudras, I am Sankara. Of the mountains, I am Meru. Of words, I am the great Om. Of the weapons, I am the thunderbolt. Of those that measure, I am time. I am death that destroys all, and I am the origin of all things that are yet to be born. The germ of all living beings is myself. There is nothing moving or unmoving that can exist without me. Anything endowed with grandeur is beauty with strengths has sprung only from a spark of my splendor. I stand pervading the universe with a single fragment of me. So, there you have evocations and invocations, or at least some background of what they are. So, let's see some examples here. Here I am trying to find some invocations for you. So I'm going to do one for the goddess and one for the god. Here's one for, it's called Moonchild by Morning Glory Zell, written in 1978. Diana, Hannah, Dana, Artemis, Britomartis. Thou art this maiden crescent growing. Her naked splendor makes the heavens blush lavender, deepening the violet blue, choking you in a velvet mantle. Glowing. Bend your slender silver bow, let fly your arrows like shooting stars across an early evening sky, falling. 
forever stalk in our hearts, Divine Lady of the Beasts. Your cats, hounds, owls, and deer pursue secrets through dapper, dappled shadows calling. Moon-eyed Mistress of Wilderness grants us the 13 gifts, which free us from slavery and reveal thy ancient mystery, teaching, daughter goddess, Amazon huntress, you have captured our imagination after all this time. Now we turn to you, beseeching. So there is an invocation to the goddess Diana. Let's find one for the god. Do, do ah here it's blessing of the horn god blessed be in hearth and hold blessed be in all worth more than gold blessed be in strength and love blessed be where we robe vision fade not far from our not from our eyes of the pagan paradise past the gates of death and birth our inheritance on earth from our souls the song of spring Fade not in our wandering. Our life with all life is one. Our blackest night, our noonday sun. Oldest of gods, on thee we call. Blessings be on, on thy creatures all. And that's from Dion Fortune. She's great. I've mentioned her before. So, evo invocations are, for lack of a better term, are with a really dumb and down, are basically prayers and Ask, well, they're prayers and invitations. You're praying to them because you're asking them to do something or petitioning and you're inviting them to join you in your circle. Now, this is why you want to have your circle clean and you want to provide cakes now, which I'll get into on my next episode because that's a different element of, element of the circle. Basically, they're a guest and you want to treat them as such. You don't. You will not provide, well, it's bad manners to not provide them food and drink. And it's bad manners to, well, if possible, to, well, basically you avoid inviting someone over to a dirty house. Or at least in my case, I'm really bad at cleaning. So there's clutter all over the place. I don't usually invite people over, but I have. It's rare. You don't want to do that with the gods. Oh, excuse me. So there's you can write your own invocations and your petitions. I did when I did my self-dedication for Hecate. So then you have one more element of ritual down. So I'm going to go into my correspondences. This might be a shorter episode. Well, let's, let's see. Um, no. Let me go ahead and bring up my correspondences here. So, Echinacea. Both names are Black Samson, Coneflower, and Rubecchia. It's used for strengthening spells, 
or his powers are strengthening spells. Magical uses. Echinacea was used by American Indians or Native Americans or First Nations as an offering to spirits to ensure and strengthen spells. Now, Echinacea I use for healing because it's really good for your immune system. I make a tea where I combine it with elderberry, cinnamon, peppermint, and something else in there. I put got my don't get sick tea it strengthens your immune system it's quite tasty when if you add a little bit of honey or sugar or what have you so my next correspondence is do 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 topaz is energy is projective and the planet associated with it is sun, or is the sun, which is not really a planet. The element is fire. The deity is raw. No surprise there. Associated metal is gold. Associated stone is tiger eyes. Tiger's eye. Powers. Protection. Healing. Weight loss. Money. Love. And magical ritual lore. The stones we know now know as Peridot and Olivine were named Topaz in the distant past. It was used at one time to cause its wearer to become invisible. Topaz is a magical uses. Topaz is another of the gemstones used for protective purposes. It is considered a specific against envy, intrigue, disease, injury, sudden death, sorcery, negative, magic, and lunacy. The stone was thought to be especially effective when set in gold and bound to the left arm. Worn, it relieves depression, anger, fear, greed, frenzies, and all disturbing emotions. Placed in the home is a charm against fire and accidents. When put on your pillow or worn to sleep, the topaz fends off nightmares and ends sleepwalking. The topaz is used to relieve the pain of rheumatism and arthritis, as well as to regulate the digestive system. Perhaps this is why the stone is known, or is also worn for weight loss. Known as lover of gold, the topaz is used to bring wealth and money. Combined with an equal amount of tiger's eye, empower and place these stones around a green candle. Burn the candle and visualize. Wearing a topaz draws love. And it's also my birthstone. Yay, Scorpios! So, you now know how to invoke the gods. Or, well, basic understanding of them. And some correspondences. Now all that's left is to check out our social media. Well, my social media. At, at CornFedWitch on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And I also have an Etsy shop and Patreon. And your support really means a lot to me. And shout out to Disbanded Crow for being a patron. I hope you're faring well. And I hope my listeners have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in. Once again, I'm Sarah, the Corn Fed Witch. Have a blessed week.